Hello and welcome to the second episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. We got a busy week for you. This is just our second episode, but but the industry really decided that it wanted to be busy for our sake. So I think uh, we decided that we were going to hop in with what we've been playing this week because there's a lot of a lot of news and a lot of E3 talk that would be a more fun ending. So uh, how about we just start with the games that we've been playing? Yeah. Do you want to start, Andrew? Yeah, I'll go for it. So I played two games this week. Um, I played through all of Little Nightmares 2, which uh, came out in February. Um, I enjoyed it a great deal. It had a, a lot of problems that were quite frustrating, but it was ultimately didn't bring down the experience too much. Um, if you've played the first one, it's like basically the same deal. Um, it has a lot of the same weird gameplay uh, problems, if you will. Um, but it also ironed out a few, like the first game. Have you played it, Kelly? Um, no, I haven't. Okay. The first, the first game had this problem because it was a side scrolling game is what it felt like, but you had access to three dimensional movement. So you could move back and forth as well. Um, which was a really cool concept, but a lot of the time you'd be like on a little bridge or something and you would just accidentally nudge a little up or a little down while you were going left to right and just fall off. Mm. This game ironed that out completely because if you're on like a weird thin ledge or something like that, it will lock you to that so you don't do something stupid like that. And it actually utilized the 3D space a lot more, so there's a lot more like back and forth movement. Um, the character designs were really disgusting and nice because um, <laughs> it's it just very well designed. It's very clay-like. I liked it a lot. Uh, I, it's hard to say if I like this one better than the first because both are very flawed but enjoyable games they have a lot of a lot of weird quirks and things that make them frustrating sometimes but ultimately the the weird aesthetic and the really grotesque monsters and stuff make it worth playing in my opinion so if you haven't played this or the first one i swear to god the first one is on sale for like seven cents every other week <laughs> so whatever you want to play it on switch playstation xbox i recommend picking that one up if you like the first one then go for the second one um, it's a prequel, but much more enjoyable if you've played the first story-wise. Um, either way, I do recommend it. Uh, and then the other game that I played this week, not to completion, was Psychonauts. So we talked about this last week on the show, because uh, it got added to Game Pass, and the second game is on the way. Xbox exclusive, um same studio same directors and i've heard a lot of positive stuff about this game and i actually know not personally but i know tim schaefer is a very uh beloved guy and every time i see him in interviews and stuff he's the director of this game he's he's just very charming and i was i figured a guy this cool must have a great game and everybody says it's great so i decided to play this game it is 16 years old um and it was it was hard to play hmm it was it was kind of charming, but it was early 3D era. It had a lot of weird quirks that were not pleasant to look at. Uh, there was a lot, like the comedy style was very loud Cartoon Network 16 years ago kind of comedy, mm. which isn't which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But it didn't help that during the opening level, there's a voice speaking to you the whole time. And uh, the guy repeated his jokes every 10 to 15 seconds. 
like same exact voice line. Not like he said similar things. He said the same exact voice line uh-huh. over and over. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't think I can make it through 10 hours of this game. So yeah. I played the opening segments. Uh, I really wanted to like it. I'm going to give the second game a chance when it comes out, presumably this year, because it's free on Game Pass. But honestly, without nostalgia, I, I don't know if this is one worth going back to. I'm disappointed to say, but I, I personally didn't find it worth my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I have still just been um, playing through the Legendary Edition of Mass Effect 3. Or Mass Effect, I should say. I'm on Mass Effect 3 now, so I'm almost done. Um, you know, I'll just kind of reiterate what I've been saying the past few times is that it the bones of the game has not changed. The combat is is about the same. Um, it's really just sort of a graphical overhaul. But yeah, I've been really enjoying myself. It's kind of an emotionally exhausting game. I don't know. People don't really talk <laughs> about that. Like the first two games aren't really like that as much. The first two games aren't really like that as much because it's not the stakes are high. But in this game, it's very much like do or die. So it's kind of emotionally exhausting. It sort of feels like everything is very dire and it can be hard to play for like long sessions because I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to spoil anything. But I'm like, oh, something really big just happened and it's making me emotional. And then it's like, surprise. Two hours later, something else really big happens, and it's making me really emotional. So, <laughs> I mean, that game is very end of days plot wise. Yeah. So, do you know? I, I know you haven't finished it, but I'm assuming all of the free DLC, like the the ending expansion and stuff. Oh yeah, is, I mean, it's included, right? Yeah, all the DLC is included in the game, even the ones the paid DLC. So, okay, the free ones cause... are definitely there. Because when I played Mass Effect 3 for the first time a few years ago, I didn't know that the ending had a free DLC expansion. Mm-hmm. So I experienced the original ending and then mm-hmm. didn't know until like months later that there was a longer version. So it's yeah. good that that's included. I mean, I guess that's probably the bare minimum as far as what they should put in this, but still. Right, right. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because the... um. I don't I'm not even sure like when you download it off of the store, I'm not even sure that they do it without the extended deal the extended cut DLC anymore. The original. So, mm-hmm. Like if you go to the Xbox store and you download it on your 360 or whatever, because I well, maybe I'm mistaken. I'm not really sure, but I think you so, might be right. Because like when I got it, it was a physical PS3 mm-hmm. disc, so it was the original launch version. Yeah. So it would make sense that now if you download it, it, does, it doesn't have those same, or it has the additional content just included on the disc, because it's free, and it's intended to be there, so. Right. That's crazy, though. I remember it was, like, the first um, DLC that I ever downloaded ever, like, in my life, <laughs> and it was, like, March 2012, yeah. so I had my Xbox 360, like, hooked up to the Ethernet port in the room, yeah. so. Probably took, like, an hour just to download the little thing. Yeah. um so that's what we've been playing um how about we just jump right into the news so we can get through this this good stuff yes let's do it all right so earlier this week virtual fighter 5 had an announced remaster it's made by rio gogotaku 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 i got it 
<laughs> which uh, is better known for their work on the Yakuza series. Um, they're a Sega in-house studio. Um, they're making the remaster of Virtual Fighter Five. I can't talk about this. This is this is too many letters. Uh, and it's coming out on June first. Um, and it's included free if you have PlayStation Plus, which uh, I find pleasantly surprising. I've actually played this game, not in its entirety, because Yakuza 5 includes Virtua Fighter 5 in the game. Like, if you go to the, the in-game arcade, your mm -hmm. character can walk up and just play Virtua Fighter 5, and it just cuts to the game instead of, instead of Yakuza. So I so I have played this game and I can vouch this remaster looks like a huge step up. Mm -hmm. um, it's over a decade old. It came to consoles in like 2012, but it's been in arcade since 2000 late 2000s. So I think remastering this, bringing that series back is probably smart. Putting it on PlayStation Plus probably the best move they could have done because it's niche and it's been over a decade, so like a lot of people probably have lost interest or forgotten, but the fact a lot of people who have PlayStations, and this is exclusive to PlayStation, uh, the fact that they don't have to pay to play it, they could just download and start going, I think that's going to help us out a lot. So there's a good chance that this will actually be a hit for the series, and I'm excited for that. It's it's kind of an underappreciated series these days, So, and fighting games, I feel like, get they don't get as much love as they deserve, even if they are pretty niche, they deserve a bit more attention than I think they generally get. So this might be something good. Yeah. Yeah, it looks exciting. That's all I really have to say about it. I don't know anything. <laughs> I literally don't know anything about arcade games or anything like that. So I can't really speak on my experience with it. But I think it is cool. It's cool that it was in the Yakuza games. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's. it was really strange. I didn't know that when I got the games, and then I walk into the arcade, and it's like Virtual Fighter, and I'm like, oh, that's a cool Easter egg, and then I walked up, and it said play, and I was like, wait, like, the the game? The whole thing? Mm -hmm. And it's basically, I mean, it's an arcade version, so it's not as expansive as the console versions were, but still, it was free, included in the game, <laughs> and right. I had fun playing it for a few minutes. Right. Well, that's exciting. Um, speaking of exciting things... Monster Hunter Rise has sold, or I'm sorry, has shipped over 7 million cop copies worldwide, um, which is pretty cool. Not that, I don't think that's that surprising, just considering Monster Hunter's popularity worldwide. It's but. it's surprising in the sense that they stepped away from their Nintendo exclusivity, so I wouldn't have expected them to step back and then just instantly have enormous success again, like they never, like they never left, really. Mm -hmm. 7 you... million is a lot of units yeah. considering did... it came out in late March. Did you play it? I did not, no. Mm -hmm. I It's on it's on that list, that ever-expanding list of games I intend to play. Um, it, it's really fun, and it, you know what, it play, it looks really good. Like, mm -hmm. surprisingly. I mean, not saying that Switch games look bad, but um, I don't know, just the, like, quality of the textures and stuff like that look really, really nice for a Switch game. Yeah, and from it's what fun. I've seen, I'm surprised how good it looks for as underpowered a console as the Switch. Yeah. Um, and also because it sold seven million, they're putting in some some included DLC, some free items, which I think is really a cute way for the developer to thank people for buying their game. Right. I'm not 
I'm not upset about that. Pretty pleased. <laughs> I, I think it's fun and I think more people should play them. The universe is very involved and detailed, which can be kind of a barrier at first, but once you sort of get the swing of get into the swing of things, it's it's really fun. Kind of addictive. Because I played World for a few hours, Monster Hunter World on PlayStation 4. Um, and and honestly, it was just like a bit too much for me to take in. And I was like, you know, I decided I'd come back to it eventually, which I haven't yet. But those the, that series is like definitely one of those things that people talk about. You just got to get over the barrier. You just got to get over the entry barrier. Mm -hmm. and then And then it's the best. And I trust them, but there is no that it's shouldn't be understated. That barrier is is very real, and it is not super easy to get over. But it's one mm -hmm. I intend to someday. Someday. Someday, maybe soon. We'll see. Um. In other positive news, we got a lot of positive news this week. Honestly, it's it's like a vast majority of our news today is, is pleasant stuff. Yes. Um, Konami has stated in a financial document, which is also another thing we're going to be talking about. Lots of financial documents giving us news this week, which I don't know about that. <laughs> but <laughs> Konami says that it might have plans to outsource more of its classic IPs following the Getzo Fumaden revival. So Getzo Fumaden is a side-scrolling game. Um, it's a classic game that they're remaking, but they did not remake it themselves. They outsourced it to another studio. Um, and now they're talking about potentially doing similar things, not necessarily remakes, but using their old IPs and having new studios make games for them, which this is another thing we talked about recently. Konami has so many dormant, beloved IPs that are just sitting there and they're not doing anything with them. So if it takes, if all they have to do is bring in other studios for those games to get new entries... This is this could be excellent news, and I really hope this Getsufumaden remake does well, and a lot of people are interested. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend looking it up. It is beautiful. The trailer is gorgeous, um, and it comes out next year. I think if this succeeds and Konami actually starts using other studios to make games again, that would be thrilling. So. Some PlayStation exclusives have already been moving to PC. Uh, it looks like maybe Uncharted 4 might be next. I don't really know. Um, it was sort of leaked in an investor report that they would be that they would be porting Uncharted 4 at this end to PC, which is interesting because I feel like I don't know. It's always just been a Sony thing, Uncharted, you know what I mean? Yeah, that one, I agree. That one feels specifically strange on PC. Like, Days Gone and Horizon, it was like, okay, these are new franchises. It kind of makes sense. But Uncharted is just such a PlayStation staple. Right. Like, Nathan Drake is a PlayStation All-Star. You know <laughs> what I mean? So. Battle Royale or, or just PlayStation All-Star? Uh, Both. He is in the Battle Royale. And that was before Fortnite, so. That's true. Would you say Nathan Drake's like the original Fortnite? I might say that. I would probably yeah. hesitate, but I might, <laughs> I might say that. Uh, but that, that does continue our trend of financial document leaks. And from that, we have one more financial document leak. Uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night 
is getting a sequel, according to a financial document. Uh, Bloodstained came out a couple years ago. It was a kickstarted project by Koji Igarashi, the guy who made Castlevania Symphony of the Night. So it's like a spiritual successor to that. Um, and unlike certain other games, like Mighty Number no. 9, it actually succeeded <laughs> and people were happy with it. And it, it was a worthy successor to that series. I played it, loved it. The idea of a sequel is exciting. It's a little underwhelming that it came in uh, in a financial document, that announcement. But hey, it's that's just how it got to be this week, I guess. Yep. It's just but... the way the news leaks. The cracks <laughs> of finances. Just piles and piles of financial documents. Hey, Mother 3 might be in there somewhere. We should mm -hmm. go look. Yeah, let's go sift through them. For any mention of Lucas. <laughs> so that, that covers the general news this week, Kelly. Are you ready to move into some pre-E3 stuff? I sure am. I'm always excited. These these couple weeks leading up to E3, there's developers that are like, hmm, we want our own spotlight. So we're going to drop some stuff early. Mm -hmm. Or you have somebody like PlayStation who's like, hmm, we're not going to be there. So we'll just drop it now. But we got quite a few things this week. Lots to discuss. So do you want to jump right into it? Right, I do. So the first thing is that uh, gameplay was revealed for Far Cry 6. Um, the release date was confirmed for October 7, which I'm not super. So I actually thought it was might be a little bit earlier because I remember we saw something about Far Cry 6 like a long time ago. It might have been just a year, but because last year felt so long, it was... <laughs> it was only a year but yeah this one feels like it's been in the pot for a while so yeah but um you know it looks pretty good i was intrigued with the with the cinematic trailer from however long ago that was um because uh what's his name breaking bad yeah gus gustavo I mr can't, breaking bad i can't remember his actor's name we should look it up i have I have it's good like, news that we have access to that information because we have the internet. It's He's like a, played by Giancarlo Esposito. Espos yes, yes. Now I remember. Okay. Um, so he's going to be in it. He did like the the voice capture and the face capture, which is interesting. I mean, he has a very recognizable face, I think, just because Breaking Bad's so popular. Yeah. Um, something sort of interesting is that they were like, don't worry, you guys. It's not really political at all, <laughs> which is literally insane. Um, like un that's unhinged that they would ever say that. <laughs> if you watch the trailer, it seems very explicitly political. I think, uh, especially um, the cinematic trailer. It's just I know what a bogus I know. claim. I know because it's it's set in South America. I feel like I think it's like a fictional South America. I don't know if it's yeah, like no, it's an not actual, real, right? Um. And it's like, I just, I don't understand why they would say this. It's, I think it's just so as not to alienate people, which is like, who really cares? Because if you didn't alienate people who were like afraid that it was political with the first trailer, then, you know, I mean, the, the, the weeds have been weeded out. You know what I mean? If they watch that trailer, they'd be like, oh, it's probably political. And if you don't like that kind of thing, then you probably know from the jump. I think it's definitely a much bigger talk to be had about developers and publishers having this insistence that they are not political. And yeah. because 
because they just want to think that like i don't know they're just fun products but like video games especially now are like narrative things and they and narratives have a lot of political undertones generally and also far cry 6 they have said is directly inspired by guerrilla cuban fighters i should probably switch those because now i'm imagining actual guerrillas cuban <laughs> guerrilla fighters right right <laughs> from the 50s and 60s At, and the fact that it's based upon a very heated political topic yeah. to say that there's no political undertones yeah it's a little bit unhinged like i said I think maybe it was just said to like placate the stakeholders. Perhaps, but I mean, this is probably a much bigger talk to be had. I feel like once E3's done, these are the kinds of things that we can spend lots of time. But sadly, we're too busy shilling over how much we love video games because, because yes. they're really fun and I love them. Yes, true. And also, I don't care about any of the other stuff because there's a little doggy in a little wheelchair. <laughs> so all the rest is unimportant. Philosophical debates political debates i don't need it just give me the little dog in the wheelchair i'm honestly considering playing this one i've never played a far cry game the the ubisoft the ubisoft formula is something i generally get bored of very quickly so i figured oh, i'll just stay out of this but the fact that gus from breaking bad is here and also the gameplay part of this trailer looked really fun and kind of goofy I might use this as a hopping on point. And now we have this podcast as an excuse to get all the games I'm even a little interested in. So, yeah. well, we'll see. It's not too far away. October sounds far. And then I'm like, oh, wait, it's yeah. June. It is today is June 1. Right. Well, when this is released, it's almost <laughs> June 1 when this is being recorded. Right. Almost June 1. Which means four months, which is... Mm -hmm bananas truly bananas mm -hmm. which since this is south america maybe there will be some of those that's true so <laughs> i think bananas can be found anywhere well giant eagle down the street for me has them so you're probably right <laughs> that is anywhere <laughs> bananas are pretty universal these days these days all right uh kelly i made a joke to you mm-hmm Mere hours after we stopped recording our episode last week, I sent you a screenshot that they announced a Sonic event. And right. I said, we said his name too many times. He's like Beetlejuice. We summoned <laughs> So the Sonic event, Sonic Direct, as I was calling it colloquially, announced uh, quite a few things. Some of them very exciting. Some of them I already forget and I will not tell you about. Go watch it yourself. <laughs> But let's get into the exciting stuff. Uh, one of the big things that they announced was Sonic Colors Ultimate, which is an HD remaster of the Wii game. That's coming out September 7th for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Um, it's also coming out uh, alongside a two-part animated special, Rise of the Wisps, which I found surprising because... A few months ago, there was a whole to-do about the fact that Roger Craig Smith was done voicing Sonic, and then this remaster's announced, and then he's coming back <laughs> to voice the animated special, and I'm like, I don't think it's coming back if you haven't showed us a new actor yet. Right. He was like, <laughs> surprise. I bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. Yeah, one month ago, when I told you you saw the last of me. <laughs> 
Um, the animated show looks really nice. Um, I'm interested in playing this game because, again, like we talked about last week, Sonic does not have the best track record. But this is, I would say, with Generations, the most well-received Sonic game of the past probably two decades now. So I'm excited. I'm I'm happy for Sonic fans at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was not the biggest announcement. The biggest announcement was a new teaser for the next mainline Sonic game, which is coming out for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Switch. That last one surprised me. Uh, in 2022. And it was revealed with a really vague 30-second trailer of Sonic in the woods going fast. <laughs> and he draws a funny logo with his running path, and then that's what's shown. And then it just says 2022. No title, no idea of what it's going to play like, anything like that. But then, thank God for financial documents and PR teams. Because now we unintentionally know the title and the general uh, direction of the game. It is going to be called, in all likelihood, Sonic Rangers. And it will likely be an open world game. Um, Sonic Breath of the Wild? <laughs> oh my goodness, I hope. <laughs> uh, I, I'm... What's the word? Not excited. <laughs> uh, not excited. I, I'm happy that there's a new Sonic game coming out from the, the Sonic team, the main Sonic team, but also the long gap between the last game and this game is not indication it'll be good because there was a long gap between the last game and Forces, which was also bad. <laughs> so at this point, the amount of time a game takes for Sonic team does not indicate quality. Yeah. I'm genuinely surprised by the fact that it's coming to Switch. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's just a big it's just a big corner of the market is kids and their switches, you know, and I don't know. I just feel like the ever present Sonic for Sega and Nintendo, it's it's not really a thing anymore just because everybody owns everybody in some way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's more so just that now that next gen consoles are here, I feel like Sonic could utilize that. Although maybe that team wouldn't know how anyway. Right. I don't think anybody knows. <laughs> I, I don't I <laughs> literally don't own one PlayStation Five game for my PlayStation Five. Except for um the little guy's playroom. What's his name? The little guy. Yeah. No, the little guy's playroom. I, I prefer that title name. a lot. Astrobot's playroom. <laughs> Astrobot's playroom. <laughs> but I I really prefer the little guy's playroom. He's the little guy. It's a little creepy sounding, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> But I will see what happens. I, I think based on the extreme vagueness of this trailer, it's going to be a minute till we see this game. I I mean, I guess this could be like a lead up so that it could be at E3. But honestly, I'm expecting it to be six, seven months till we see this game again. Maybe yeah. early next year or late this year. Yeah, if it was, I mean, if it was going to be at E3, they would have just showed the teaser at E3, I feel like. You know or I mean? even or even showed this teaser and said, tune in to E3 for more. Right, right. I would agree with you there. I did see a lot of very funny tweets. You know, on when you're on YouTube and you see those like Unreal Engine Sonic games or Mario games, 
where they're running through like photorealistic fields with like deer and stuff and it's like look how real it looks but it looks really stupid yeah somebody (laughs) made jokes because they're like oh my god they finally hired this guy because it is sonic (laughs) running through really realistic woods in this trailer (laughs) i feel like i saw that (laughs) now that you say that it sounds very familiar i saw it like four times from many people and i'm like wow (laughs) i'm glad that everybody saw this trailer and thought of that joke yes oh that's um but going back to the switch like we were talking about um they are going to nintendo is going to release an upgraded switch maybe september um maybe gonna be revealed at e3 probably gonna be revealed at e3 um, not all that surprising. I feel like Nintendo's the master of re-releasing consoles every like three months and being like, it's brand new. <laughs> Surprise. But, well, yeah. the the thing with this one is that so Bloomberg's talking about this and all of this take with a grain of salt because it's just reports and this could all be wrong. But Bloomberg's thing is that they're insistent that in the in the coming days, even Nintendo's just going to re- reveal this thing. And then be like, hello, this is the new Nintendo Switch, probably called something else. It's been called the Switch Pro by a lot of people. It probably will have some weird name nobody thought to call it until they said it. Yeah. I'm um, so sick of the pros. <laughs> no, the Switch X. Yeah. Let's just cop the Xbox. Switch Series Pro. The Switch <laughs> 5. Switch Series Pro 5. <laughs> if it's called that, I think. You heard it here fo- first, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, in all likelihood, if Bloomberg is right, whenever you're listening to this, we are out of date because it has already been revealed. But the report states that sometime this coming week, before E3, Nintendo is going to announce whatever the Switch is and presumably use that as an opportunity to show off at E3 a bunch of games, taking advantage of this new console. I'm interested in an upgrade for my Switch. Uh, the Switch is a pretty nice console, but I feel like an upgrade could do a lot of good for it, you know? Mm. be really fun to play Breath of the Wild at a truly stable frame rate. Yeah. I don't know. I feel kind of like... I don't know how to explain it. I guess I just sort of feel like I wish that there was a way to upgrade the software without having to get new hardware. Like it feels very much like, are you going to spend more money on our stuff? You know what I mean? It, it just mm-hmm. is like, I wish that you could just do like a, like a software system upgrade and rather than a, like a hardware upgrade, like I said. Or even like something like a pro dock or something. Because the dock does enhance the power of the console, so it'd be really nice if you could just buy a dock and that would increase the power of your Switch yeah. while it was on the TV. Yeah, that's a good point. But I, it's there's been so much talk about this Switch and so many rumors, and to be frank, I don't know what makes this report special other than the fact that I saw way more people talking about it than usual, which makes me think somebody smarter than me thinks it's more legitimate. So it must be. Yeah. But in all likelihood, we'll know in a couple days if they're right or wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll know soon enough. So back to actual video games, there was another direct-esque presentation by Square Enix, 
for Dragon Quest's anniversary. Um, they announced a couple things. Um, some mobile puzzle stuff that I forget about already. Um, some some <laughs> MMO stuff that I forget about already. <laughs> That's Dragon <laughs> Quest X. If you are interested in MMOs, I highly recommend you go find somebody who knows a lot about it. But um, some things that I do know about. They announced Dragon Quest XII, which I tuned into this presentation excited to see some Dragon Quest XII, because uh, although I'm not a massive fan of the Dragon Quest franchise, I'm always excited to see the new entries because they are generally very beautiful, at the very least. Um, and it seemed like this was the prime place to show XII. Um, they, they didn't. They announced it. <laughs> and they announced it with, with the number 12 on screen. That's it. That's the end of the story. Mm -hmm. And they said, see y'all in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't. Announce. I'm doing peace signs right now. You guys can't see, but they're peacing out. They said, see y'all. <laughs> More. I love see a good visual gag that you have to explain because you remember that nobody can see us. <laughs> um, but right. they didn't announce release date. They didn't announce uh, consoles. So this this exists, probably. Uh, all that was said was the director noting that this is a darker, more adult Dragon Quest, which I, I think is pretty exciting. But anytime I hear like a video game director being like, guys, this is for adults. I'm like, OK, what's are you just going to kill a character or something like chill? What makes it for adults? Right. But in more uh, tangible news that makes me excited. They announced a remake of Dragon Quest III by the Octopath team. So the Octopath team yes. is now, and I don't like this, called the 2D HD team, which is a dumb title. <laughs> what does it mean? What does it all mean? Um, for those who haven't played or seen Octopath, um, it is a pixel art game. But a lot of the environments and settings are um, are 3D, and there's a lot of interesting effects. Um, it looks like a SNES game on a lot of drugs, like a lot, a lot of drugs. Um, mm -hmm. They actually have another game coming out for the Switch sometime next year. But this, this I really did not expect. It looks stunning. It makes me really interested in playing this game. I really like a lot of the aesthetics and characters and stuff from Dragon Quest Three, but I've never played it because it's as it's in all likelihood aged like a fine glass of milk in the sun. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the fact that this game is getting such an extreme upgrade by such a talented team because I thought Octopath was tremendous, I I'm definitely going to be playing this one. Um, they're pretty vague on details. It's coming to home consoles, so PS4, Xbox, and Switch. No release date yet. They just said stay tuned. But there was a trailer. I recommend going to watch it if you're at all interested. So this one actually had something tangible to look at. I'm very excited. We'll see what happens mm -hmm. next. Uh, yes. The, as a side note, this is not news by any means. I watched the, the Dragon Quest presentation live. And it was one of the most poorly planned live presentations I've seen in my life. And I've watched... <laughs> sonic live presentations before um they had <laughs> a live translation and you know 
I anticipated that they would have provided a script to the translator before, so she didn't have to actively translate fast-talking people. Um, they didn't. Mm -hmm. She was struggling a lot to keep up. It was not an uncomfortable presentation on its own, but the fact that it was just over it all was a woman trying her darndest to keep up with these people. And I'm just... I was just like, okay, let's just watch the games and, and maybe tell them to stop talking so the translator can, can get a glass of water or something. Right. Just give her a second. Um, I think that's kind of part of the, the pre-E3 charm, though, is watching like really dumb presentations <laughs> from slightly yeah. less competent publishers who don't do this a lot. Right. I would say that's part of the E3 charm as well, not just pre-E3, but during E3. Well, that's watching... one of the... Watching game developers in their t-shirts and blazers <laughs> walk onto the stage and try and have any sort of presence to describe their quote-unquote indie game. Uh, not an, an indie quote-unquote, it's a, it's a fully published, uh, fully financed game that feels like a quote-unquote indie game. This is my indie game, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Please buy it. <laughs> It feels like an indie game. It feels like a personal experience that you play at your fingertips. Shut I, up. I can say definitively, <laughs> I am preemptively disappointed with this E3, purely on the grounds that so many of the presentations will be pre-recorded. I know. And what's the point if you can't watch people bumble on stage and not know how to talk? I know. But at least the news will be good hopefully yeah. no big keanu reeves moment keanu reeves was he drunk i think he was drunk but good for him i would be if I there <laughs> if somebody was like hey you need to be at this xbox conference to advertise this game and he said wait i didn't sign up for that <laughs> yeah uh so new games coming soon um playstation showed off the first gameplay footage for the next horizon game Horizon Forbidden West. It's a sequel, right? I've never yeah. played the first one. Yeah, so it's I a have, sequel so. to the first. It looks good. I'm I'm excited and weary. I personally didn't enjoy the first game very much. Um mm. I felt very restricted by a lot of it. Don't play this game after playing Breath of the Wild. That's all I'll say to start. <laughs> um lots of invisible walls, lots of unclimbable surfaces um the story was pretty good i didn't i thought the gameplay was kind of restrictive like it was just shooting a lot of bullet spongy enemies and not really getting much feedback that you were doing good and it was gorgeous with an asterisk though because so many of the scenes were just like under animated like two people standing still oh this game looks to be fixing that a lot though the opening scene of this with Aloy the main character talking to an injured guy and the level of facial animation is like remarkable <laughs> and, yeah. the, and the lighting looks amazing I mean I'm gonna be honest I'm disappointed it's coming to PS4 because I bet this game would look truly profound if it was PS5 exclusive yeah I don't get it feels like nothing's coming out for next-gen consoles at all we got ratchet but that that feels like literally it for 2021 yeah i, I mean it yeah. 
this is something, and it will be better on PS5. Um, I probably will play it because because the original had enough to it that I'm interested in playing the sequel, and I think they'll probably have learned from some of those the shortcomings. Uh, there was no release date or anything, which really surprised me. Because if I'm not mistaken, this is supposed to be 2021. It looked quite substantial. Yeah, so I'm not, I feel like I don't we might it's... find out soon. Yeah, and the fact that they're not having an E3 conference, PlayStation is not having an E3 conference, so it makes sense that they would reveal this now. But it also seemed like a really good time to announce a release date. Because, I mean, there's not all that many months left in 2021. Like, if it's going to come out in November or December, it'd probably be good to know that now. Yeah. I it looked gorgeous. At the very least, watch the trailer and go, ooh, ah, at <laughs> how pretty the robot dinosaurs and water is. Yes. The water is, okay. The water is gorgeous. I'm not going to pretend that's not the case. That is that is some of the best water I've seen in my life. Yeah, I'd like to take a dip. It looks so blue and fresh. I know. I think we should go swimming in that okay. water. In that water? Yeah, do you want to flood san francisco or whatever it is and then go for a swim is that weird i've never played the games is it supposed to be like post-apocalyptic yeah it's set in the distant future the first game is in i don't know where and then the second game is in the forbidden west which is california oh that's cool i didn't know that so i believe that was san francisco in the trailer or santa monica or something like that was Som there a big bridge i don't i don't know I was going to say, I feel like San Francisco is pretty recognizable for its gigantic Golden Gate Bridge, but... Would that survive, though? I think, like, the structure of it might. Not the bridge itself, but... Well, considering the big. game is about being on the west coast of America, I think there's a very good chance you'll see that bridge. Ugh, better see that bridge! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were so emotionally attached <laughs> to this bridge. I'm just kidding. Your face says you're not kidding. <laughs> you love that bridge. That's okay. I feel I'm feeling attached. <laughs> Do you want to move on to something that uh, we both have a little more attachment to? Yes. Okay, so Pokemon has some video games coming out. Um, we talked a little bit about this last week with the the Diamond and Pearl remakes and the Legends Arceus, Arceus, however you care to pronounce it, um, release. Um, they confirmed this week that they are coming out, uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are coming out November 19th of this year, um, which makes sense. That's exactly what I expected. Yeah. And then what I far less expected, and honestly what I'm a little concerned about, is that Legends Arceus is coming out January 28th of next year. Um, yeah. We saw that game for the first time pretty recently. It looked bad it was an it, it was an interesting concept but it looked unfinished in so many ways and that wasn't that long ago so the fact that it's coming out soon i i and considering pokemon's recent track record i'm i'm concerned i'm optimistic but that release date really has me nervous yeah it's it's weird that it feels it's so soon after the remakes. Yeah, that one surprised me too because you I'm surprised they aren't worried about cannibalizing their own sales. 
I would think that they would go for like a spring 2022 thing. Not yeah. spring as in January, February, but spring as in like March or April, like right before the summer. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was weird. Um. January is a weird time to release a game. I think. I, it's a lot of big games come out in January, but it just feels weird having this, not a sequel, but like having a new entry in the Pokemon series come like three months after, no, two months. I can't even do math. Yeah, not even. That's how few months it is. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those games that I want to be super excited for because it's a prequel to Diamond and Pearl. And, and that's my favorite entry. Yours as well, correct? Mm-hmm. So exploring that region and that story more is very exciting to me. But I'm just concerned that they're not going to finish the game and that they're just going to do like what they did with Sword and Shield. But if it looks half as bad as that original trailer, far more substantially blow it. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully Feels soon. like the stakes are a little bit high. I'm I'm confused as to the fact that they announced these release dates just just out of the blue. I know. I don't get it. Cuz if what we talked about last week is true and they do have a Pokemon Presents presentation coming out right in the middle of E3, wouldn't it have made sense to just show the games off there with release dates? Yeah. You would think. I guess what do I know, but I, I don't understand this week before E3. Let's just announce all the release dates thing. Like, what are we going to talk about next week? What are you guys going to show us next week? I mean, maybe they'll show us... Maybe they'll show uh, the art... What is it? The Arceus? What is it called? Let me look. Hold on. Legends of Arceus? Legends. Pokemon Legends. Colon Ar Arceus. Arceus. So maybe they'll show us that, like... And it'll really blow your mind. And it'll be like, wow, I feel so much better now about this game. It looks great. <laughs> I most certainly hope you're right. I really, really yeah. do. We'll see. I'm, I, you know, I feel pretty neutral about it. I'm not. I'm. I was never the type of person to be like, I need an open world Pokemon game or I'm gonna die. But I, it would be disappointing if it was bad. Yeah, I don't want any Pokemon game to be bad. You know. Yeah, I wish they. I wish the Pokemon creators felt the same. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, they can't hear you. Their pockets are weighing them down too much with all that money. <laughs> <sighs> We'll see. Well, I just, uh, because of recent events, I think they could afford to either hire more people or start outsourcing part of their games to people and then, because like, look at New Pokemon Snap, that game is visually stunning, and then yeah. put it next to that first Legends Arceus trailer and you're like, how is the, the main <laughs> studio being, how is it so underwhelming? Well, we'll see. I don't want to trash on it too much because maybe the next trailer will change my mind. Right. We shall see. Um, speaking of things that are coming soon, <laughs> uh, the first E3 show was announced. So the joint Microsoft Bethesda conference is going to happen on Sunday, June 13th. So like two weeks from now, barely uh, at 1 p.m. in our time, which is Eastern Standard Time. Um, it's going to be about uh, 90 minutes. I was trying to do that, like, what's 90 minutes? It's an hour? It's two <laughs> hours? Anyway, 
Uh, it's going to be 90 <laughs> minutes long, so <laughs> I can't do math. Our specialty so, uh, is not math, especially today, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> um, it's going to be 90 minutes long, and it's going to have re- reveals, and they're going to talk about Game Pass, I guess, which, you know, is to be expected. I don't think anyone was, like, expecting anything different, but... I'm a little surprised that they included... That they... Wow. That they included game pass on the list of things they're going to talk about because that makes it seem like they have something substantial to talk about I feel like they always talk about game pass though they're always like and it's like a little footnote where they're like and game pass and then they show like a like a montage of a bunch of games from like 2012 and you're like oh cool <laughs> well hopefully that's why i'm hopeful that they have something like game pass but then they show like a bunch of very recent stuff or something to that yeah. effect we'll yeah. see uh incentivize they pretty quickly quelled our fears that we discussed last week because we said that we were scared that it was going to basically be two conferences and mm-hmm. it would be like an hour of Bethesda bumbling about and then the Microsoft conference. But it being 90 minutes long, I'm like, dang, this is going to be a tight presentation. Lots of quick reveals, presumably, and Bethesda will not get more time than it deserves. Yes. Are you yes. excited? I am. I think it's going to be very exciting. I don't want to get like too excited, but I I feel like they're going to have something big in their pocket. You know what I mean? Yeah, they got big pockets. Big pockets. Maybe Elder Scrolls. No, maybe. But no. But maybe. But no. I, it's a fair thing to ask <laughs> for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I think Microsoft, I've said this, has had some of the best showings in the past couple of years. Barring last year, of course, because there wasn't one. Um, This is, it's weird that we're pretty close and this is the only conference that has a set time. But hearing a set time makes it very exciting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too, because usually I feel like the schedule's out weeks in advance and I have seen no such schedule. Maybe I just haven't been looking in the right place. No, 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 you're right. This is the only one with a set time. It's weird. And I think presumably based on what we've heard and past experience, we should expect a Microsoft conference. And obviously Bethesda has worked into this one, a Nintendo direct, potentially a Pokemon presents as well, if that report is correct. And then Square Enix, Ubisoft, EA. Sony. No, no Sony. Oh, Sony will oh. not be present whatsoever. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, I think Sony will probably I would I would expect Sony to do something don't they have like a state of play or something coming up am I crazy they well that that's where they revealed that horizon footage oh I thought that was just like a horizon specific thing yeah no so it's a horizon state of play oh okay so I mean maybe that's what you're thinking about I expect that they'll probably have like a a general state of play Probably like a week after E3 would be my hope. Because they have the week of E3, they have Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade coming out. So like, they have a lot coming out that they probably want to just like get out there and then they'll start talking about what's next after like a week or two of that. Yeah. We'll see. What I mean, it's we're in this really strange boat right now. Because the global events of the past year 
if you will, have really changed the industry a lot. And, mm-hmm. and, and game releases kind of slowed down for a bit there. And because we didn't get an E3 last year, a lot of people are in, are feeling like, oh, well, since it's been a year since E3, they must have a ton to show this year. But there's a very decent chance that the impact of of COVID won't be shown until this E3 when we realize, oh, a lot of these developers don't have as much in their pocket as we as we might have hoped. Right. And it's I mean, they were in the same situations that we were. I mean, they couldn't work. Yeah. Their their typical workload and maybe people were laid off and you know, the last year was really crazy for all industries, so I don't think we should expect there to be some big influx of games all of a sudden. I think we should it w- it's important to be uh, realistic in our expectations. But at the same time, <laughs> if you care to be excited, if you want to be a little overhyped, I encourage it. Because you're going to be disappointed, but oh my goodness, the lead up is fun. I know, I know. <laughs> I feel that way. Too. I'm kind of like, I'm excited, but I like don't want to be, but I'm I'm so conflicted. Well, it's, if there was an E3 last year, I think we'd be a little more like, a little more calm right now. But the fact that this is the first one, like this is the first major game event, it feels like since COVID started. I'm just like, no, no, I have to be excited. Even if it is unrealistic <laughs> and a little dangerous. I have to. Yeah. Yeah. It'll just feel good to watch a lot of game events in a short span of time. Yeah, I agree. And also now that we have this podcast, I am so excited for two weeks from now. Our episode is going to be heckin' packed to the brim. Oh, yeah. Lots to talk about. Tune in. That episode will be seven hours long. Okay. (laughs) I have to get my daily Dragon Age every podcast i think i have to mention dragon age in some capacity but can you imagine if in two weeks we have news on dragon age 4 like when it's gonna release (laughs) i'm so excited oh audience i wish you could see the number of tears just flowing right now i have to get it in every week i have to mention it (laughs) no no one is allowed to not be thinking about dragon age yeah if you have if you spent this whole episode and haven't thought about dragon age yet Shame on you. Shame on you. I mean, I haven't, so shame on me. <laughs> shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that that about does it this week. I highly encourage everybody to listen next week. It will be our last show before E3. Um, the following might come out at a slightly different time because we'll want to talk about all the E3 news, so we might have to, you know, work around that by a day or two. Mm-hmm. But next week, we're going to talk about our expectations and much more funly in a much more fun way i don't know mm. english english is <laughs> <laughs> no math no english <laughs> we don't know math or english i don't know why you're here i have it's... to be honest thank you for tuning in by the way i don't know why you're here <laughs> but we're going to talk about what we are hoping for which is going to be the dangerous segment where we get ourselves way too excited about everything that we want that probably won't happen yeah and maybe even you too, you'll be listening and hadn't even thought about this exciting thing. And then you're like, oh, now I'm excited. And then we can all be disappointed together. Together. Like a family. <laughs> As we should. <laughs> um, this was a great this was a great episode. I'm I'm just getting way too excited. We're leading into E3 and we're getting this this hype. And it's just fun to talk about it. 
Mm-hmm. Very fun. Very hype. Very fun, very hype. Very fun, very hype. My feelings are yours. I am getting more and more excited as we talk more and more, and I'm excited for next week. Next week's going to be a good one, and then the following will be a true blowout. Hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This has been a great episode. Tune in next week. We'll talk about our E3 hopes and expectations. It's going to be a good one. Have a good week. Thanks, Kelly. Hope you had fun today. I did. Thanks, Andrew. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.